This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome to NFL Friday, NFL Draft Special Edition. We are done with round one. I'm Tom Scavelli. Alongside me is James Corgan and Reed Horner, our draft experts. James was down in Philly last night. Reed did a bunch of awesome write-ups for our website and hosted the show in studio last night. Guys, round one in the books. We're recording this before rounds two and three tonight. How you guys doing? First of all, I love the compliment. Draft expert. That's that's that should go on my resume. <laughs> Probably uh, will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing good. It, last night was just a roller coaster. Uh, was such a great experience for me, being down there in Philly, getting to talk to all these guys, getting to see what they had to say, getting to see everyone right after the biggest moment of their lives. And you know what hits me is that you know they're all around my age. They're not very much different from me. But they're a lot better at football, but yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But uh, nicer yeah. suits that say that as well. I'm sorry, James. Oh but, God, you know. Jamal Adams. We can have a whole podcast on what he was wearing. We could, but then we would <laughs> lose any listener we had. Anyways, I had a great time covering it. I'm kind of jealous I didn't get to be there in person like James. But at the same time, me, Corey, and Brett had a real fun time just reacting. Chicago obviously started this thing at the night off. Uh, well, I wouldn't say with a bam. But it definitely threw things off for us. But after, what, four hours on air, I mean, you guys were coming from Jets and Giants camp, you and Christian Goey. It was a great uh, spectacle, I guess, all the way around. And it's going to lead, I think, to an exciting regular season. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the draft is boring or whatever, and you're just watching names get called. I I don't buy that. I think round, I mean, maybe rounds five, six, seven a little bit, but round one, yeah. Thursday I mean, night, it's anything. a show. Like, why would you want to watch sprinting the Olympics? Just people walking really fast. Like, you could exactly. make, You could say that about anything, it's, but it's the, what it means, right? It's almost like an award show draft, with someone coming up to the podium, reading off a name, but it's like better than an award the show. The draft is the only <laughs> event where every team wins. Nah. Unless you're Cincinnati, unless <laughs> you're Cincinnati, you're well, we'll get into that. <laughs> well, except if you're the Giants, of course. But every team can go out of that draft, even Cincinnati. Every team can go out of the draft, looking at highlights, looking at the tape of players that they drafted, and say, you know what, I think we have a shot this year. Yeah, I, I think I would. Let me just I'll change that a little bit. They may not leave winners, but they may feel like they're leaving exactly. winners. You know? Yeah, that ends that's up true. not always being the case. Because this is the depressing thing, I think, whenever I get prepared for drafts, spent months or whatever reading up, we all did preparing. And I'm thinking about it, and probably five years from now, we're going to look back on it, and only about eight of these guys are really going to be names we remember, which is kind yeah. of odd because it leads to your evaluation. Like, oh, this guy's really good, this guy's really good. But a lot of things are going to happen later on in their career, some more tragic than others, that unfortunately will lead it to being maybe Trubisky was a steal, maybe wasn't. We'll get into all that. Yeah, we're going to recap round one. We're going to start off talking about the Jets and the Giants picks. The Jets taking Jamal Adams to safety out of LSU. The Giants taking tight end Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. Then after that, we'll talk about our favorite picks, our least favorite picks of the first round, and then maybe preview just a little bit, uh, you know, tonight's rounds two and three and tomorrow, best available players, who we think the Giants and Jets should get. And I think we'll start off talking about the Jets pick of Jamal Adams. Christian Goey was out there in Florham Park getting sound 
from Todd Bowles and their GM and everybody in the front office. And Jamal Adams, I think, is a great pick. No one really expected him to fall to six. A lot of mock drafts had him at two or three. So the fact the Jets were able to get him is definitely good for Gang Green. Not usually the winners of draft night by too many people's opinion. But before we get into that, let's take a listen to what Jets head coach Todd Bowles had to say on Jamal Adams. He's an outstanding player, obviously. Smart, fast, tough, physical. He's an alpha. He's good on and off the field. He checked all the boxes for us. And, you know, really we think we got a real good football player. We had him rated high. So Bowles obviously happy with the selection of Jamal Adams. Reed, I'll open it up to you. What did you think of the pick? I It was a no-brainer. Even the Jets said, uh, Adam said himself when he was talking to the Jets, they're like, why are you even here? I mean, if you fall to us, we guarantee you we'll take you. And that's kind of a big promise to make as an NFL franchise, but it's warranted because Jamal Adams is exactly who the Jets need. Me and Christian talked about this on and off the air. It's it's not necessarily because just, just because of his talent, because I will say I still think Malik Hooker, who fell to Indianapolis, is a more talented safety. But what Jamal Adams is is he brings a, a culture to a Jets team that I think is lacking identity right now or at least searching for one. And he is the best possible player they could have gotten, regardless if they had had the first pick or the 32nd one. Other than Miles Garrett, Jamal Adams is the most NFL-ready player in that draft, and the Jets got him at 6. It, 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 I thought that he was going to, to San Francisco. If San Francisco had taken him to, we would, we would still be celebrating that pick as a positive pick for San Francisco, and we'll get into what the Niners did later, but... He, he could do everything on the field. He's a great tackler. He can go seam to seam. Not as well as Hooker, but he still can do that very well. Does his pass defense not scare you a little bit, though? Because he's not the greatest defender of the pass in a league that throws, obviously, a lot. That's my only hesitancy with him. But I'm, not, I'm not taking it away from him. I think, uh, I think that'll work itself out in you the You think end. the Jets can develop him? I think they can. And you're not just drafting a guy, as Reed, you alluded to, the Jets are in such turmoil. You've got guys missing meetings and not and showing up late to everything. In talking to Jamal yesterday, that guy is a character. That guy is a guy that gives you a spark. He lights up the room when he walks in, and that's what the Jets need. They need a guy that can kick them in the rear end and a guy that just jumps the locker room's electricity level up. So I I don't think anybody can dislike this pick for the Jets. What do you guys think of a Landon Collins comparison? I know that's been thrown around a little bit. NFL ready, more stout against the run than he is against the pass like Landon Collins was coming out of college. He's obviously turned into a really good uh, in pass defense as well. He was great last year, one of the candidates for defensive player of the year. Do you guys think that's maybe accurate or you see them a little bit differently? Well, I don't. I kind of have a rule when I evaluate players. I try to get away from comparing them to current or past players. Okay. Just be, I know what you're trying to, what you mean, the qualities wise, but they're all unique in their own way. What I'll say about Jamal Adams, it's my tagline for him, and that does kind of own itself to someone like a play style like Landon Collins, is that he's a safety with a linebacker's mentality. Right. He delivers hits that are vicious, to say the least. And he is someone that's going to get quarterbacks uncomfortable, whether they're in the pocket or, God forbid, in the open field with the ball in their hands. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. And I think you could make that comparison. Uh, Landon Collins coming out of Alabama, 
five-star prospect, just like Jamal Adams was. Three years of just greatness at that position, getting drafted and developing a key part of that game. That's one reason why I'm not as hesitant about the pass defense for Jamal is because we've seen guys develop that. And I think you can possibly make that comparison. And I, I know Jet fans are hoping to get the, that counterpart at safety. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you look at the Jets' history, at least recent history, drafting secondary uh, pieces. has not exactly <laughs> worked out. Kyle Wilson, oh. D. Milner. Oh. It's it's been rough. I mean, Jamal Adams somewhere is, Christian Grove is crying into a pillow. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> I think he's a safe pick. I can't really see Jamal Adams being a total bust like those two have been. Sure, there's a chance he's not going to develop into an All Pro or whatever, but I, I think he's a relatively safe pick. He helps out an area of need. The Jets obviously need help in the secondary. They need help just about every position, and and the secondary is no exception. So I think taking the best available player who's a safe pick at a position of need for a team that needs leaders and that needs security, it's it's tough to have anything bad to say. And that's a great point, is the one benefit about being a horrible football team, and let's not make any mistakes, the Jets are a horrible <laughs> football team, is that you can't go wrong when you draft because you could always make the point that we need him, which means you just go for the best available talent. I can't believe Jamal Adams dropped to them, but at the same time, if they to the a team like the Jets, Jamal Adams helps them, but they cannot give up now. They can't walk away from this draft. Jet fans who really want to see the future turn into a brighter one than it may be looking out to be needs to concentrate on this second, on this third, on this fourth and fifth round, even because they need to build up. Jamal Adams will not carry this team by himself. Let's just keep that in mind. He's a great piece to the puzzle, but we still don't know what the picture that the puzzle lays out. Absolutely, the Jets still need weapons. They could still possibly need a quarterback. Deshaun yeah, I know Ty- my notes. I just said team needs everything. Everything. Football <laughs> team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Jets, no team wins the draft in the first round. Nobody. Not even the Colts when they pick Andrew Luck. Not even the Panthers when they pick Cam Newton. There's just so much more that goes into a draft. And the Jets really need to get down, get to work in tonight, really, for the second round, and we'll see where they go. They still need some help in that secondary, even with Jamal Adams in the fold. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll talk maybe a little bit later in the show about some possibilities for that selection. But let's move over now to the New York Giants, mm. who are in a much better position than the Jets, not in draft position. <laughs> I'm but, about to say. <laughs> um, pick 23rd overall. I was out there last night in East Rutherford. Expertly giving us the news, I might say. I got it. If you guys didn't listen to our draft coverage last night, Tom over here, Mr. Insider, was able <laughs> to get us the Evan Ingram upset pick about five minutes, it seemed, before Roger Goodell stumbled it out of it's his amazing. mouth. So, hey, a lot of murmurs kudos over to you. There. A lot of murmurs over there. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, overall, I mean, I think this is a pick that I'm pretty neutral on. I know you guys are very against it. I'm going to let you guys have your time, but first... I want to play the clip from Ben McAdoo talking about why he thinks Ingram is a good fit for this offense. The fastest way to the end zone is down the middle of the field. And anytime you can add someone to your offense that can run down the middle of the field with that type of speed and length, it it stresses the defense. As you can hear, Ben McAdoo thinks that Ingram is a good pick. Because basically, the fastest way to the end zone is over the middle. And I know you guys... What does that even mean? 
it's it's a typical football coach answer that you think, oh, maybe it doesn't make sense, but then you think, ah, oh, he's a football coach. He must know what he's talking about. <laughs> you, you, you run you run forward on the football field. It doesn't matter where you are. You, you, you run forward. You could Geometry is right. Line. The ball starts in the center usually. I, it's such a stupid court. I'm sorry. The end, the end zone is, is not in one place. It's not like a hockey goal, but let's... <laughs> All right, let's hold on. I'm going to let you guys have your criticism first. (laughs) I want to first give you my initial. So coming into the night, I wanted the Giants to draft someone on the offensive side of the ball. I thought the defense was great last year. The offense was sluggish, so obviously addressed the area of need. Offensive line is their biggest need, but at 23, at that particular point, you can make the argument for Ramzik or Cam Robinson. I didn't love the value of them there. I did not want a pure wide receiver. I thought tight end was the position they should have attacked. Before I headed out last night, me and Reed were talking. I thought David Njoku would be the pick. He was available at 23. They ended up going with Evan Ingram instead. The more tape I've sort of watched on Evan Ingram since the That's pick and the more I've read about That's when you me on live air. Him. We were Joku brothers, and then all of a sudden he, Ingram gets drafted. I'm like, oh, yeah, Tom's going to be outraged <laughs> with me. And I go on, and you're like, you know— it could be pretty it good. It could it work could out. It could be a good pick. I, I mean, was heartbroken, Tom. Because, my like heart I out. said, I wanted a tight end. And I don't think Ingram is bad. <laughs> He's not but, a tight end. But, all right. I'm going to let you guys. Who 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 wants to go first? You could both take your time ripping Evan Ingram, and then I'll try to defend him. Well, I don't want to. I mean, Evan Ingram's fine. Ripping the pick. The pick is terrible, okay. obviously. Uh, first of all, the Will Tye era. Uh, Unfortunately, has ended. It's unfortunate if you are a Stony Brook fan, but not if you're a Giant fan. I mean, he'll fan. still be on the team. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you passed up Cam Robinson. I'm not, I am high on Cam Robinson. I think he could turn out to be a good tackle, and I think that was the number one need for the Giants. It was a left tackle. Eric Flowers right now is in line for another season uh, at the helm, and gives that, me nightmares. And that d- should give Giant fans nightmares. That was their one area of need that they had to fill, and they have yet to fill it, and that could really cost the Giants. And at linebacker, I know the Giants have a very good defense, good secondary with Apple and Collins in there, good front front line with Vernon in there, and Snacks Harrison and JPP, but. The linebackers, if they had taken Reuben Foster, that would have put them at another level. That would have put them at an elite, elite top five, top one potential level. And they were a team that could have dealt with his injuries. You know, they were concerned that he wasn't going to be able to play right away. But if your defense is that good, you could say, you know, we can take that risk. They didn't. But, of course, the Giants are a holier-than-thou franchise and they want clean cut. They want a clean cut image, except when players go to Miami, of course. <laughs> so, so Reuben Foster distilled urine, uh, got into an altercation with a doctor at the combine, off the board completely. So instead, they take an, an undersized tight end who has some athleticism, can run, as Coach said, down the middle of the field, but can't really block, and he's not the most athletic person. He's not like Rob Gronkowski. I think he can be covered by one of these DBs, uh, a nickel guy. And if you're a tight end in this era of the league, if you got a nickel corner covering you and you don't win that matchup, I think you're in trouble in the league. And I'm afraid that Evan Ingram could be in trouble. 
All right, Reed, keep piling on, and then I'll and then I'll defend. Why did you not like him, regardless of of say for the Giants? But I know that even just as a prospect himself, you weren't high on him, right? What about his game? I, did you not like? Okay, well, this is like I, a little bit of a misconception. I wasn't high on Evan Ingram as a tight end. I've been saying this for, he was my third best tight end because he has amazing ball skills. I will say that the Giants have gotten a dynamic ball catcher. His in-air ball traction is amazing. He gets catches it at its highest point. He's awesome. But these are all qualities that make a good wide receiver. A tight end needs to be a little bit bigger than he is. Needs to be able to block. James said he's not the greatest pass blocker. He's Casper the Ghost. They go right through him. <laughs> oh. He can't pass block for his life. And I was really be- believed no matter what team took him, he was going to be converted into a wide receiver. And that's not what the Giants need. On top of insult and injury, David Njoku was available, a yes. bigger prospect, a player who I thought could develop into the best tight end in this class. You guys mentioned that they didn't take an offensive lineman. I would have been upset if they had, only because you're right. The offensive linemen, a lot of them, they have the promise to develop into something, but none of them are are full-fledged, ready to go in the NFL. And they have the 55th pick in the second round. And I believe they're gonna get a, they're gonna address that problem there. Someone like a forest lamp might fall down, or who knows. I, anyways, I mean, I, I was telling James earlier, Cam Robinson is still available. The Giants, he's gonna get taken though. Before. No, I know, but they could trade up. I'm saying we have seen them trade up in yeah. the second round. They did it a couple of years ago to grab Landon Collins. I'm not saying it'll happen, but it's a possibility. Jerry Reese is not the most aggressive in the first round. I thought. I was starting to think O.J. Howard was going to fall to the Giants, and I was I was ready to jump for joy. I mean, he did end up falling to 19 to Tampa Bay. I thought the Giants maybe should have traded up there, but again, I mean, we're not in those phone calls. Maybe I the, want the to know what the rationale was. The I want, price may have been too high. I want to know what your reaction was when Tampa Bay selected O.J. Howard. Just, I felt dead Just inside. devastation. I, I figured it was going to happen. I mean, Jameis, Mike Evans, and O.J. Howard is going to be such a lethal passing attack for the next decade or so. But you now, regardless of that— Deshaun Jackson, too. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson as well. I mean, he's he's a little bit older, but at least for, for the next year or two. But so— the reasons why, overall, I'm neutral on the pick. I'll start with the reasons I'm not crazy about it. Is I probably think Njoku is better. I, I think that that you know he's bigger. He has the frame. He's not a great blocker either, Njoku right now. But he has the frame to at least develop into a better blocker. Whereas Ingram is a little bit undersized. Njoku maybe some are, would argue is more athletic, right? Given his size, even though Ingram is a lot faster, he ran a four four two forty. So I thought that was one problem. Reuben Foster, like I said, I wanted offense, but the fact that Reuben Foster fell at 23, I mean, if you're just talking about pure value and at a position that the Giants do need, linebacker, you know, I thought that could have been the move too. But, you know, Evan Ingram overall, you know, like I said, I've gotten to know him a little bit more as a player, you know, reading up and watching some stuff over the past 24 hours or so. He's really fast. He's really athletic. He ran, like I said, the 4 4 I think that the Giants like his versatility. Jerry Reese said that they're going to line him up at any of the receiver positions, tight end, in the slot, outside. He can line up anywhere. He said he's cut from the same cloth as Jordan Reed, who's a guy he's been compared to a lot lately, compared to Aaron Hernandez, besides the whole murdering people thing. Uh, He's pretty (laughs) squeaky clean off the field. Uh, So I do think that there's reason to like the Ingram pick. And the pass protection, the offensive line in general does remain a problem, and a guy like Njoku could have maybe filled two holes as a blocker and as a receiver. But they did sign Red Ellison in the offseason, who is viewed to be a really good blocking tight end. So it's maybe that they'll use Ellison more in the blocking tight end role, and then they just love the skills that Ingram brings to the receiving game. 
Now you look at Odell, Shepard, Marshall, and Ingram. Eli has four awesome targets, and he's not going to have seven seconds to throw the ball, but maybe they're just thinking odds are every play, one of those guys is going to be open. Ingram is going to be around for at least the next few years. I think we all agree on his receiving ability. So there is reason to like the pick. I just, That's my rationale. I know, I and I get it, and I'm not saying Evan Ingram's not going to be a great NFL player. I'm speaking specifically for the Giants. I think Eli Manning has struggled. You say he has all these weapons, but I think one of the reasons Victor Cruz left is because he just struggled to be able to satisfy all of his receivers. I'm not saying he lacks progression readability, but for whatever reason, maybe he didn't have enough time in the pocket. He wasn't able to get the ball to all of his receivers at all time. The problem with the draft is, is like, yeah, we can speculate and everything, but we're not going to really know who wins this first round until 2023, pretty much. Exactly. So I would say... My last point you can say is the fact that you're walking away from the first round feeling neutral. Is that really a good sign? It's better. I mean, last year neutral. I was I was really mad at the Eli Apple pick because I didn't love him as a prospect and I didn't think secondary was a huge area of need. He ended up having a, a good rookie season. I will say Jerry Reese, you know, you could talk bad against him, but he is pretty solid in the first round. Sons Eric Flowers. Odell Beckham is a stud. <laughs> Eli Apple had a good rookie season as well. These are all true, yes. Is this really a position of immediate need, though? I do. I think tight end was a position. Oh, it of was, need. yeah. The debate isn't the need. The debate is what Ingram is. Is he a fit for that need is, just, is the question. He's just not. Najoku would have fit the need to pass block and to pass catch. Aaron Hernandez, having a guy like Aaron Hernandez is great if you've got a guy like Rob Gronkowski next to him. Right, but I mean... To a degree, like I think tight end was a position of need. And sure, I liked Njoku more than I liked Ingram. But I'm I, there's a certain point where it's just like, I know we all like to think we're experts, but I'll trust the Giants. I mean, they just yeah. pick, spend three, four months scouting both of them. If they think Ingram is a better fit for them at tight end, then I mean, to a certain point, I'll, just, I'll trust their opinion. They know more than I do. Yeah, that's why I'm not... I'm not necessarily down on the Giants front office for the same right. reason I like to think this is my personal opinion but they would know their team better than I do no matter how many Sports Illustrated articles <laughs> I may attempt to read uh, but I just I'm not going to lie I'm not excited about it and I feel if you leave the first round not excited about the pick because that's the moment you should be the most excited about your pick usually then it's, it may not be the best one I mean that's fair I mean I think overall some Giant fans are really angry some are happy I think most are probably like me where they're not sure what to feel yet, but we'll see what happens in, in round two. You guys have any last thoughts on the pick? Uh, the Giants should try to trade up and take the offensive tackle, Cam Robinson. I agree. That's I, I believe they have really no choice. Reed? Let's limit McAdoo's uh, time with the media. All right, so let's move on to just overall draft night. A few of the bigger storylines. Let's talk first with the Trubisky trade. So 49ers are supposed to pick two. Bears are supposed to pick three. They swapped picks, and, I mean, the 49ers really got quite the haul. They, in addition to getting the third overall picked, they got a 2017 third and fourth rounder and a 2018 third rounder as well. This was something that the Bears were able to really – keep this under wraps. I don't think anyone really thought that they were going to draft Trubisky, let alone trade up a spot for him. Trubisky, uh, he's good, I think. I mean, I'm I'm sort of, I, I don't, he's all right. I think next year the, the draft, quarterback draft class is a lot better. So, plus the Bears just signed Mike Lennon. It's kind of a move where I'm not, I don't totally get it. 
And Mike Lennon stinks, but why sign him if you're going to draft Trubisky? Uh, exactly. I, I, you know, the the reason to draft Trubisky is that he'll have to sit a year. There's no reason now for Trubisky to play next year with Mike Lennon at the helm. I'm not saying that Mike Lennon is really that good, but that haul was unbelievable for the 49ers. Two first-rounders and, what was it, a third-rounder? Third-rounder, fourth-rounder this year, third-rounder next year. The third-rounder next year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it what that was a great haul for the 49ers just to move up to move down one pick. There had to have been more offers for that two pick. There had to yeah, have been Yeah, that's the only reason to move more up. More offers. And the, I don't even think I'm convinced that the 49ers would not have taken any other offer but that of the Bears because they probably wanted Solomon Thomas all along. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think that everyone thought the Bears were going to go defense, so it was a surprise, but, I mean, Trubisky is still a decent prospect, and you need a quarterback, and if the Bears thought that Trubisky could be the quarterback for the next decade or so, I, I don't hate it. Reed, what do you think? This was the Trubisky heist. I think it was a great step in John Lynch's career. Don't I think it's the biggest reach of the NFL draft besides Mahomes to Kansas City. Now, I, I just because I don't Trubisky's the most NFL ready QB and I think he could turn into a prospect that is a serviceable NFL quarterback. There's certain technical flaws I don't like in him. Again, I've said this over and over again, throws off his back foot too much. I feel like he can get uncomfortable with deep throws and in the pocket when pressure comes at him. But these are things that he can be coached out of. Regardless, as much as I don't like the Trubisky trade, I will say if you believe there's a quarterback that is your future, that is your franchise guy, what they gave up is nothing compared to what he'll end up being. Exactly. The question is, will he end up being that? You know what I mean? Because if Trubisky ends up being a good quarterback, we're not going to look back and what what pick was he taking at? Oh, that's not a good value. You get your franchise quarterback, whether it's the first pick or like the Patriots 206 uh, 200th, whatever. whatever pick, it's worth it. Honestly, though, what defines a franchise quarterback these days? Is Dak Prescott a franchise quarterback? One would, presume, yeah, one, year, one would presume, yeah. One would presume. I think somebody after a solid season of relying on a great offensive line and well, a that's great the running argument. back. The point, the, the point of a franchise is, quarterback is, is someone that you believe is your future. Someone that you believe is not going to be a question every time you enter draft day, and someone you believe can lead you not only to a Super Bowl but win you one. Someone that gives you a chance to win the Super Bowl every year, a legitimate chance. I think is who you would define. As a I think that I think that the Browns played it so well, being patient. You can't. Reach. Very unbrowns like it is very unbrowns like you can't reach for these guys every year like the Jets do, you know. Every year we see it, and how many times do we see them turn into a franchise guy? Almost never. Robert Griffin the third, the Redskins traded that with the then St. Louis Rams. I mean Blake Bortles, the jury's still out. You know, Blaine Gabbert. Right. Are these guys French? Oh, how many guys turn into these franchise guys? Very few. Very, Very few. few. So teams really should start playing the percentages here. So yeah. what, what do you guys think is a better pick, Watson, Trubisky, or Mahomes? I like Watson. I'm huge on Deshaun Watson. I think that he's a proven winner. And is that because of who he is or where he went? 
I think it's because of both. I think it's because of who he is. I like the skills he brings. And I think Houston is a team that is a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. That is true. And Watson could be that guy. Uh, I really like that pick. That's one of my favorite picks from the entire first round. I think Watson, he he did need to go to a team that had some – some talent around him, and I think Houston fits that bill perfectly. Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously a great defense. Bill O'Brien, their head coach, is a quarterback guru. So that pick, I think, is is great. And then, you know, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that because I know, Reed, you weren't super high on Patrick Mahomes. I want to get that one. And then Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, the Chiefs trading up to 10 to take Patrick Mahomes. Guys' thoughts on both They traded up, what, 15 spots? Uh, yeah, Kansas traded up at number 10, and they gave up their first round 2017, their third round 2017, and their first round next year. That wow. was the biggest year. The first round next year was what made me yeah. go, Ugh. never mind the fact that they took the worst quarterback in this class. Wow. I mean, the worst quarterback in the class. I mean, that that in, that would include seventh rounders. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think Pat Mahomes will be out of the NFL in three years, four years. Wow. Oh, doctor. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure sure about that, but I think it's a major league reach. They had to have been convinced that the Texans preferred Mahomes to Watson. They had to have been convinced. Well, Otherwise, do you think they, knew they wouldn't the have made the reach. Trade up? No, I think they liked Mahomes. You don't make yeah. a move like that unless you're targeting Mahomes from way back. And I will say, I said this last night, at least Andy Reid got him because I don't think he has anything to develop, but if there is, if I'm wrong, and that's happened many times, Andy Reid can get it out of him. Well, I'd say there were a lot of rumors at Giants camp that the Giants were going to make a big move up to get Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and that if he fell to 23, you know, that that was those were the rumors. No to developing young quarterbacks. Ridiculous. All you have to do to Which get I'm, in the NFL is throw it from, throw the ball 70 yards from your knees, and NFL teams will drool all over you. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> all right, so. I mean, I think the the quarterback class is, is going to be interesting because I feel like with all these guys, we basically don't know. I mean, I, to a degree, you don't know about any prospect, but I yeah. think especially with all these three, there's just so many different opinions on them. So we're going to wrap up in about five minutes or so. But first, I want to get each of our one winner uh, team and one loser team of the night. Well, the winner is obviously the 49ers uh, making that trade, getting one pick back, getting their man Solomon Thomas who is a tweener, but he is also a baller. And the loser, of course, is got to be the Giants. Uh, the Giants made a very poor pick. They had guys on the board, but, you know, they went with the undersized tight end that can't block that they I don't think they really needed. Also, I like what the Steelers did drafting T.J. Watt, uh, possibly the heir apparent to James Harrison, Leonard Fournette is a guy that I think Jacksonville could really use. And Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton, that could be a lethal combination. Also, Malik Hooker to 15 is a steal. My winner by far is the Cleveland Browns. They actually added draft picks. They got Miles Garrett, the best player in this draft. Jabril Peppers, one of the most versatile players in this draft. And David Njoku, in my opinion, the best tight end in this draft. They need a quarterback, and they are going to quickly become a lethal weapon. My losers have to be the Bengals. They took John Ross, a wide receiver that I hate. My least <laughs> you were wide receiver. Fired up wow. He is five eleven. What was your quote? You hope they don't win a game yeah, for the yeah, next I, ten I, years. Th- that was emotional. <laughs> I will admit, I, I tend to get emotional sometimes. But yes, I was like, 
Because it was, it was also coming off the Pat Mahomes. I was still getting over that. The fact that the Cincinnati Bengals have so many needs. They lost two major offensive linemen in the offseason. They have A.J. Green, and they draft John Ross, who's a 5'11 speedster, ugly route runner, catches horribly. I know he makes catches, but that's college. His, technic, his technique-wise, he uses his chest way too much, not going to work out in the NFL. And on top of all that, he's really questionable knees durability issues is a big deal for a 5'11 receiver that's not what you want the Bengals reach they reach too far and they're going to feel the repercussions for years to come Reuben Foster to the 49ers was the pick of the draft <laughs> I agree that was great and my win I mean the 49ers and the Browns I know that everyone is picking them as the winners and I know people say well they were supposed to pick one and two overall but that's not why I mean they made good selections the Browns with Garrett, and then the 49ers moving back to three to get Thomas. But also, you know, their picks later in the draft, which we didn't necessarily know about, and then also acquiring more picks. You know, you didn't know that coming into the night. Yeah, that Garrett's was not happen. what won it for me. It's, it's the following. Exactly yeah, Jabril, I mean, the Browns, I, I'm picking the Browns as the winner because, like I said, added picks. Got Miles Garrett, who's going to be a force in the league for years to come. You got Jabril Peppers, who sort of in unknown to a degree because I don't know where he's going to play, think but I think he's athletic enough to figure it they, out. The team did say they want him to play safety, too. They plan to put him in Yeah, I think he is a safety. And I then, think he's a great player no matter where he is on the field, and that includes well. wide receiver. And then Njoku at tight end helps the offense, and I like that they did not draft a quarterback. Next year is loaded, maybe Josh Rosen. And the thing is the Browns got pieces that are going to help them for the future, but they didn't really get enough pieces that are going to take them out of contention for a top three draft pick next year. The Browns are going to be right back here next season. I don't know if you want to call it tanking, but they're going to be bad, (laughs) and they're going to get a top (laughs) draft. I don't think the Browns have to tank. I think the Browns just play, and that's tanking in itself. Be horrible for Darnold. Sam Darnold of USC. And Josh Rosen, too. Absolutely. And we saw uh, UCLA's... Uh, head coach J- uh, Jim Moore yesterday talk a little bit about Rosen, but with the second round coming today, I think this is really going to set up the draft for most of the teams, especially the Giants, who I think really need to trade up. Right, guys, any final thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've done so much draft stuff. It's hard. It's hard to get the final thoughts, but. I mean, I could think of something to say, but I feel I've said everything I want to say, so I'm just going to let everyone right. listen. I will go on with their day. I will say this. Uh, I would not be surprised if Deshaun Kaiser goes early, possibly even to the Browns, because I think he is the most talented quarterback hmm. in the this draft class, including Mitch Trubisky. Nathan He's Peterman. got the strongest arm in the draft by far. By right. far. Also, watch out. Alec Torgerson who played here at Jack Coffee Field from the University of Pennsylvania, may be drafted this weekend. Very versatile player. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up probably our, our entire on-air coverage for the 2017 NFL Draft. I don't think we'll do Ooh. another NFL Friday. Well, tomorrow, one-on-one, we'll be talking about well, it. Well, that that too. But as far as podcasts and, and yeah. stuff go, and, uh, you know, I think, Check out our website, WFPVSports.org. You can look at all of Reed's player evaluations. James Corrigan's going to have some stuff from all the sound he got in Philly last night. Uh, Christian Goey has his Jets write-up about Jamal Adams. I'm going to be posting in just a little bit, probably about the time this comes out, my thoughts on the Evan Ingram deal, on the Evan Ingram pick, rather. So a lot of content to check out. Thanks for following along with us. And as far as this episode goes, thanks to Michelle Mitchell for producing James Corrigan and Reen Horner for hosting with me, Tom Scabelli, 
Thanks, guys, and hope you're happy with your team selections.